welcome to Service Desk. I'm Andrew. I'm Sam. And I'm Kim. So how have you guys been doing? Good, actually. Um, not too bad. Uh, si- since since we last spoke, actually, I have uh, not gone to work in probably all of December because I've been on quarantine on and off. But other than that, oh my it's gosh. been great. All December? Uh, I thought it was just 10 days. I, 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 yeah, that's right. I, I, worked, I worked four days in December. Um because I went on quarantine in the wow. beginning of December, came back for four days, and then there was another exposure, so I went back on quarantine. So, oh. not much work news for me. Um, but, yeah. Wow. That is an impressive amount of... Uh, Vacation. Not working. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, it's a good time of the year to have it happen. Oh, you mean I'm forced to be at home during Christmas and oh, New Year's? Oh, yeah. It was a big pain, you know? Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, well, so, I've so, been dealing with uh, basically not terribly exciting things. It's just been, you know, my boss is out and there's this thing that happened that I know my boss knows how to deal with, but I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's just, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, let me walk hmm. you through this really basic thing that you just haven't been trained on. <laughs> I, I'm like the opposite around right now where I took on a new job. Right. And I'm no longer uh, a PC tech. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm working on a specific application and I'm like a application support specialist. Ooh, a specialist, yes. you say. Yes. Has the best abbreviation, ASS. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am an ASS. You're a professional um, ASS. I will write you yes, down. I am. As such. <laughs> but like it, it's so deep and involved and how big of an application and just how complex it is that like as someone that's techie and that's dealt with like group policy and managing all those kind of things it's still like a six month learning process oh so i get to feel just completely useless at work while i watch people do things and i'm like i don't know what you're doing It always astounds me because you think, you know, a technology person should have the ability to walk into software or something and be able to pick things yeah. up relatively quickly. But things just get so fast that trying to be able to figure out how all of the intricacies of that one piece of software play together. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like as a techie person, right, like I can use most software within like a couple of minutes and use it okay but knowing the Uh depth of something and knowing like everything like even what specific settings are even in an application that's what takes your thousand hours right like it's insane um there's programs i've been using for years that i just figured out new stuff about like the other day that i never knew was the case so very true so I hats off to you and best of luck in learning all of that because I know what a big pain it is to learn new software. Yeah. Because that's basically my job has been application support for. Yeah. And I'm just to the point where it, I feel like I understand <laughs> deep enough. It's it's interesting going from someone that's like a generalist to where I'm like, well, let me get my best shot at this for 30 minutes. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, throw up my hands. I can't fix it. Send it on to the specialist. And now I am the specialist. <laughs> yep. I'm the specialist now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the ASS now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You you know now you're a professional ASS. You're only you know. Uh, you're just an amateur before. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, working in IT, there's a lot of ASSs, so it's just it's nice to fully be counted as a, an official top ranked or you know paid one. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's perfect. If you can get paid to be an ASS, I mean, that's really the lime the, the top tier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only wish I could share my actual employer and the department because the abbreviation that gets tacked onto that is even better (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to share that one privately yes no it's been it's been a crazy month but it's been it's been a good month sounds like you're learning a lot so do you boys have any news for me today i i I do i i have news and i'm very very excited i i have so much news yeah okay so you know it's definitely tech stuff like the latest gaming (laughs) consoles just came out oh yeah you can't get a ps5 anywhere yeah. It just doesn't exist. Oh, I think I know where Sam is um, going. PS5 and, you know, the Xbox series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. and now yeah. the new one coming online. Yeah. KFC is launching a console. And, <laughs> yes. And, and, and it sounds Wait. it sounds so lame. It sounds like, no, you don't want to do that. KFC, like mm-hmm. Kentucky mm-hmm. Fried Chicken? The yep. one, the yep. people with the chicken. What? Yep, the chicken what? people. Yeah. Um, what? So they have partnered with Cooler Master a very reputable case manufacturer for computers right and yeah, asus yeah. also okay people who can make basically anything in order to make a uh yeah. gaming console with built-in chicken warmer of course it does have <laughs> a drawer that slides out that you can warm your chicken in that's not the coolest thing though like it's it's basic specs <laughs> so it's running an intel yeah. nuc 9 cpu <laughs> with a one terabyte ssd and since they're very prominently saying that it's going to support ray tracing a high-end nvidia gpu but it's going to be a what hot swappable gpu slot for easy upgrades which has never been done before yeah and uh, they have been quoted with other stuff and these are reputable numbers because they're actually coming from asus uh 4K 240 FPS gaming console by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did, wait, does PS5 even do 4K? Not 240 FPS. They can do 4K 60 <laughs> on the PS5 and the series. Okay. Um, I think they have some lower quality settings that can do 120 FPS. Um, But that means that you can run your KFC console on your super super you know hardcore high uh, not TV. not even tv like gaming monitors with like super high refresh rates it looks it looks ridiculous it's completely cool they've got all the right people building it for them so i guarantee it will actually deliver what they're saying it will and i'm just so excited wait i just hope this is something that like i hope you can actually get a hold of it and it's not like oh we need a hundred worried about and- but with the stuff that they're touting it's going to be able to do that means that asus is able to pull that off which means that asus will probably offer something else you know this seems like the three companies got together or the kfc first was like in some meeting room somewhere they're like you know what we should do we should build a gaming console and then everyone laughed and then someone was like my xbox it's hot sometimes yeah we could warm our chicken with that yeah you can warm your chicken with it um it's Uh, got a whole like like if look it up if you're listening to this right now and see the pictures of this drawer that slides out that you can put your chicken in and and warm it 
um it's it's just ridiculous but also i'm very excited far too excited i i've not been as excited about some you know food yeah. related news since wendy's put out an rpg kfc did one too a yeah. dating rpg yeah. we love you colonel sanders yeah yep. it's gonna be to like the lay person like a really good system actually to do like virtual yep. reality games on yeah because of course good enough, you know sure. like cyberpunk isn't gonna build a copy of the game to run on the kfc gaming console but if you're running so is this basically gonna take like you i'm i'm expecting it to be just a small form factor gaming pc yeah all of the specs would lead it to be that it could be some sort of like steam box because those are a thing that you can make those run on like linux but that would run all of your other stuff in it sure i'm expecting them not to build a custom kfc operating system and probably run something like windows or steam uh, like a steam box software which they could customize to be a kfc operating system we'll we'll see but it's it, not it's, it's not but they've promised it will be available um it's it's not it's not just something that they're saying is going to happen and won't it is actually happening as andrew said we don't know how many they'll be selling but it's just from the the specs alone i'm excited because if we can get small form factor gaming pcs with hot swappable gpu slots then that's a real step forward for the entire industry and kfc is doing it first so. Right. So for our not as savvy people listening, the general concept here is that it's got a a processor that is really good. It is one of the highest end processors I've seen anywhere. <laughs> and it's in a gaming console. Um and <laughs> the the idea of um the upgradable the piece that most people when they're building a new PC that they spend the or they could potentially spend the most money on is the card that runs the video graphics and currently those are like there's gigabytes and gigabytes of memory that's built into them and like i think i saw one the other day with 32 Mm -hmm. gigs built in it was super high end but anyway so that's the piece that tends to go get outdated the fastest and so being able to swap that more readily will allow you to upgrade your system without spending another two thousand dollars and the term hot swappable as well is particularly interesting because that means you can swap it while it's running um so i don't know what that means for a gpu i guess you can do your gpu upgrade without having to do a full shutdown which that seems i only am able to do on like high end like linux servers and not on anything i can buy on the on the consumer market so no well that's because in order to be able to view what you're doing you yeah. need a video card driver to be able to look at what you're doing and so usually you yeah, can't you have do to initialize them before having... the system even starts up so it, uh-huh. it's going to be interesting i'm so excited to actually see this hit the market and somebody do a teardown and actually know what's inside this thing and how they've pulled it off you know between Wendy's, Domino's, and KFC, <laughs> I think they should just take over the marketing and social media for uh, yeah. all companies. Yeah. Oh, uh, like well, like Wendy's. Wendy's can run my social media. Yeah. Oh, for sure they could. They're amazing. Their Twitter is just uh, hilarious. If you've not watched Wendy's on Twitter, just like completely tear down the competition. <laughs> you need to go check out Wendy's yeah. Twitter. It's fantastic. Or just like completely take on 
people yeah. that are trolling. Or... It's great. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my my tangent uh-huh. and my love letter to the KFC gaming console because nice. I'm just so excited. That's off the rocker. Like it's just so off the charts. I never out yep. of left field. Fantastic. Did you have anything today, Andrew? Nope, nothing as good as that. <laughs> I, I've got, I've got one more because we've talked about it in the past and we've followed it pretty closely. Okay. Um, they're saying Tesla is going to have full self-driving subscriptions early 2021. So when we talked about self-driving mm. before, um, this should be level five autonomy. Check out our previous e- episode on that is that going to be legal yeah i i was listening i was watching a a youtube channel that was going over there's a lot of upcoming like self or not self-driving but electric cars coming out Mm -hmm. like the ford f-150 is getting us i think an electric car i saw so it's going to be insane with with electric is being able to take on self-driving more easily i would expect to see more of this kind of news um and it is a subscription model i don't like that it's going to be Uh, well they're going subscription model uh, i think to make it a little bit more approachable to people currently the current self-driving package which is only a software enabling of the package the all the the cars come equipped with the ability to do it off the line it currently costs ten thousand dollars to enable it so yeah if you do the subscription it's like a hundred yeah it used to be eight grand um but now it's in beta as opposed to alpha and they bumped up the price to 10 grand so a lot of people are expecting for Hmm. the full package probably to buy it outright by the time it's uh ready for prime time would probably be around like fifteen thousand dollars sure so the the subscription model is probably to make it a little bit more palatable to try and sell it to people as an add-on it doesn't make much sense to me since all of the cars already have the capability to do it i don't know why it wouldn't just be a feature kind of off the line but i guess they're they're trying to recoup their development cost on it that makes sense i could see it reasonable and something i would even consider if they like if it followed you from car to car so like if you were like all right i bought the servers from tesla which means any tesla car i buy or you has this ability yeah it it should be pretty good for um especially with with a higher end car like that a lot of people tend to lease them as opposed to outright buy them um so being able to lease a vehicle and then you you tack on your your tesla subscription onto it um and you don't have to yeah um, because it, it turns out that i i wasn't even aware of this but but leasing cars is is the de facto way to own a vehicle currently well to acquire a vehicle um most people don't buy outright anymore interesting considering i've never yeah. considered things but i also drive way too far in a year for at least yeah any and, and with with the sort of ranges you'll get on a tesla um it's pretty easy to uh, kind of estimate for those leases what people will be driving so it, it it makes it makes a lot of sense that's all of my news i'm far less excited about oh. self-driving cars than i am about chicken gaming consoles but yeah sure hey man chicken in your console is mm, top tier gaming yeah. experience i'm you sure know, eventually you know <laughs> your car will go obsolete but that that chicken pc will never go obsolete <laughs> Asterisk. Speaking of obsolete, um, we do have a pretty interesting topic tonight about things going obsolete. Yeah, so we just rounded the new year here in, well, it, it's literally the second day of 2021. Thank goodness. And it, I was reminded on New Year's Eve of the New Year's Eve back 20 years ago when 
I was all worried about the world exploding. <laughs> <laughs> because the Y2K blog was going to make all of the nuclear missiles fire and we were all going to die yeah. in a nuclear holocaust. I I'm, I'm happy 20 years <laughs> on that we've recovered from that horrible disaster. <laughs> yeah, turns out uh, not the case at all. So this Y2K bug, I know you were very young. I was for sure, yes. It happened. But the basic problem was that in order to save space, people who were... Uh, programming thing used instead of a four-digit year they used a two-digit which was assuming that the first two digits were 19 so it was one nine and then whatever your two digits that you put in so consequently when you rolled around to 2000 the zero zero was being interpreted as 1900 instead of 2000 and it caused all kinds of just kind of random problems that weren't necessarily huge like you know the credit cards weren't being accepted in a certain line of uh, grocery store because the expiration date was passed or they were reading the expiration date as being 1900 and therefore all of the credit cards were being declined. You know, stuff like that, where it was relatively small stuff, but we tend to catastrophize things as a species. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly. And, and so... There were all all these theories as to what would happen in the case of there being a actual problem with this hitting some of the larger systems. And so there were things like, banks are going to lose all your money. You're not going to be able to withdraw anything. Planes are just going to fall straight out of the sky because they're not going to be able to function. And nuclear missiles are going to go off and kill the planet. We're among some of the consistent. Uh, those things <laughs> didn't happen, by the way, for any of us after the fact. Uh, that yeah. we know of. The uh, documented events were much more chill than that. I mean, annoying and problematic, but not yep. to that extent. The media got a hold of this. And the main reason that everybody was freaking out is because the media hyped it up. And we're like, oh, there's a Y2K bug. There's all these horrible things that are going to happen. And so naturally people were terrified of what was going to happen. And there was all these like conspiracy theorists and cultists and people trying to say that the world was coming to an end because it's always coming to an end somehow. Uh, but the basic actual problem was that it basically wasn't uh, recognizing the date. The date-based functionality was not functioning uh, across the board as it should with that kind of thing. And like, also, there is a, a leap year issue, too, where because of the way they were figuring the Gregorian calendar, they weren't calculating correctly. Yeah. And um, 2000 wasn't oh, being yeah. recognized. Time is so, just, it's, it's horrible. Like, like the, there's leap seconds now and all of that sort of stuff. So just keeping track uh -huh. of it is a pain. Exactly. So like this, the ability to keep track of it in a software setting is annoyingly problematic like you would think a date is pretty straightforward until you start taking into account all of these little minor details so back in 1997 they actually came up with four things that you had to do to get over the y2k millennium bug whatever you want to call it there's a whole bunch of different similar names but it was things like um the four things they were like, you need to make sure no valid date will cause any interruption in operations, that date-based functionality must behave consistently for dates prior to, during, and after the year 2000, which kind of is the same as number one. But anyway, so if you have like a database that has dates set in the wrong format, you, be able, you need to be able to recognize what century those dates are set in. 
um, whether that's specified within that or calculated out later. And then you also have to recognize the year 2000 as a leap year. Those are the four things. They were like, okay, you have to do these four things to combat this bug. So software people across the globe were going through and trying to figure out how in the world they were going to get around that. Because every software basically is some, somewhere, at least any important like business pertaining software, is going to have somewhere where there's a date <laughs> that needs to be kept track of one way or another. So there were a bunch of different ways they could do it. The, the easiest was just to be like, hey, let's expand the date to include four digits for the year. And if you had a software that could allow that, that was probably your best bet. It might be a lot of work, but it's the best way to go forward. Some of them kind of did that by making a, another layer to say that there's a century as well as a year. So that way you could be like, okay, the year is 12, but the century is actually 2000. And so that made it be able to read it as yeah. 2000 rather than 1912. Otherwise, there were other things that they could do. And it gets into a lot more specifics for programming side of things. Like they changed it so that the date was basically a number that could be like they compressed it into a different format so that you had then 16,384 years in your particular version of software. In theory... In 16,000 years, you should not be using yeah, the software and, anymore. And, and there were then also some things <laughs> that just couldn't get patched or updated because it was either hard-coded into hardware or the availability of getting updates at the mm -hmm. time wasn't super available because the internet yeah. wasn't as prolific as it is right now. Right, yeah. And so getting updates was a whole thing too. So like if you had a home computer, there were things you could go purchase in a store on cd to give yourself a software kit to fix your own computer so that it was able to recognize yeah. the year 2000 <laughs> um and then there were some other things where it was basically there's another program out there that tells you what the date is and your old program that couldn't talk couldn't tell you what the date was would just reach out yeah, to that other program um, and, and that was actually one of the original work throughs for the credit card system because all of the hardware for the credit card readers all had it hard built in and not updatable um so they yeah. fixed it on the back end uh -huh. making it so that it could interpret what it was saying until people could get brand new units. And then some of it was just um, making it read numbers. So rather than giving month, day, year, it would change to the number of the day within the year. So it'd be like the first day would be 001 and then the last day would be 366 and then gave the year an extra digit. So that way it was like instead of 1999, it was 099 and then like 199 would then be 2000 etc so that it gave the centuries a number instead of yeah so like there's a lot of different ways that they came up with to try to fix it and for the most part things that did happen were relatively minor it was a headache for somebody at a particular company for that time but overall not a huge so we learned our lesson headache. and it's never going to ever happen again right oh you poor summer child <laughs> so Unisys systems. There's a new one that's coming up in 2038. Yeah, and you proposed a new name for it that I had never heard. Epocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, well, I well, I just found that name somewhere, but the idea is that it's an epoch of time and, you know, apocalypse. Yeah. If it's I'm, 
It's a lot better than Y2K. Uh, yeah. And this one also I'm much more familiar with because it pertains to stuff that actually affects us in the future now. But man, that's a cool name. Right. Apocalypse. <laughs> that was part of the reason I brought this up was because the, the Y2K thing, you know, okay, New Year's Eve, whatever, remind, remembering, but this is something that's coming up. Are they going to be able to? Well, first of all, what is this uh, new one? So, thing? so yeah, as as our resident person who is actually actively affected by this in every computer system I I run, um, I became quite familiar with it. Um, this is a brand new problem that will be occurring on um, January nineteenth, twenty thirty eight. So, not quite as uh, simple as as the original y2k, Y2K. bug mm -hmm. but you know we've got a decent run so hopefully everybody figures out a way to fix it between now and then but it's because uh Un unisys um which is the unix timekeeping service it counts all dates and it keeps track of dates and time and everything by counting the number of seconds that have a have happened between january 1st 1970 and now can i just say whoever came up with that um, is a moron so um there's a really interesting story his his system <laughs> went online january 1st 1970 1970 yeah shocking um so uh he thought it was a pretty good way to just keep track of it you just count how many seconds that has happened and actually it, it negates uh -huh. a ton of really interesting things so for instance um Things like the Y2K bug did not affect Unix systems back in okay. the year 2000 um, right. because the amount of seconds between 1970 hadn't changed. Um, and with a little bit of spaghetti code, now things like leap seconds are accounted for in it um, because it doesn't change the amount okay. of seconds that have happened, but it does account for them. It, it's, it's, it's a super weird way of doing it. But it works, and nobody thought it would be a problem. The problem, though, is that this number is stored in what's called a signed 32-bit integer. So it's a it's a 32-bit code that is also signed so that you can verify it. And that's how you are able to find out how many seconds have happened. And that's where the problem is. Okay. Um, so what happens in January 19th, 2038, is we run out of numbers in a signed 32-bit code. So all of it resets to zero. So instead of having, Ooh. you know, however many billions of seconds since January 1st, 1970, it is now considered mm -hmm. all things are considered at zero seconds since 1970, which is really bad. So... So so give right. me like conspiracy theorist like doomsday sayer like worst so, case scenario. Uh, so it matters matter? for a lot of reasons actually. A lot of things use that time format. So vulnerable systems include many computer file systems. So things like uh not NTFS on Windows, but a lot of other file systems on many other things, especially like servers on the internet they keep track of creation dates and destruction dates and stuff like that using unix time codes a lot of file formats also store their creation date on in unix time formats and also do a lot of other stuff 
So um, files could become corrupted. Um, file systems could delete things that they're not supposed to or lose track of things. Databases. Most databases on the internet use Unix time format um, in order to keep track of transactions Ooh. on that database, as well as uh, query languages like SQL. So SQL uses the Unix time format. So it would no longer be able to keep track of oh. transactions. Um yeah. Oh, no. um, since it's a really easy sim system to implement, things like uh, microprocessors in factories and monitoring subsystems have it hard-coded in. Medical devices use uh, the Unix time <gasps> format. Uh, a lot of military devices. A GPS uses the Unix time format. And then also the thing that will most people will have at some point been affected by and we'll know the the impact of network time protocol also uses the Unix time format. So network time protocol Ugh. is if you've ever set up a new computer or your computer has been plugged out and it's powered down completely. Sometimes you'll you'll go onto the internet and you'll try and do something and it'll say this isn't mm -hmm. secured, you know, because the time does not match up. And you just go into say like Windows and you just update right. your clock. Well, all of that is stored in a Unix time format. Um, that is stored from the 1st of January, 1900. And so the huh. same error will occur for that in 2036, where all computers, all, all internet time would reset to zero. And then all of a sudden, things like your HTTPS transaction now no longer has a valid time signature. Gonna work. Or, you know, a lot of things. Um, it's 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 not great. Well, this sounds worse than Y2K, honestly. <laughs> Legitimately, it's it's considerably worse. It actually has a lot of ramifications. It turns out computers being able to keep track of the exact time correctly, it really it's really important. important. But we do have solutions for that. Well, that's good. Yeah, because we've got sixteen odd years to fix this. You know. Yeah. So let's just put it off until. You know, the year it happens. Yeah, yeah. 20, 2035 will probably be when a lot of companies will start to try and fix it. A lot of operating systems have already implemented stuff to try and fix it. BSD, oh. uh, which is an operating system that runs a lot of servers on the internet, they've already fixed it. Sure does, uh, yeah. The current Linux kernel has an option to already fix it. Windows. What's the, So what, um, what did they do to fix the, it? So most of them have done the most simple solution which is they've changed their systems. Instead of running on a signed 32-bit integer, they now run a 64-bit signed integer, which it they've just given it oh. more space to store the number in. Um, and that means that eventually we will have this uh, problem again, but, but having right. 64 bits to store a number means that the approximate time that we would run out of space to store numbers is 292 billion years from now um which is a oh. lot of uh estimates from some scientists greater than the estimated age of our universe so we should be okay <laughs> hopefully although i'm going to laugh well no i'm not going to laugh because i will be dead but in two billion years on that spaceship that is currently going around you know alpha centauri uh and its systems fail because it's still running on the unix yeah yeah that'll be that'll be great in that distant future when you're listening to this podcast and you're you're like oh my gosh we're learning about this just now because everyone yep. forgot about it you're um welcome. so 
so so that's the <laughs> fix. Obviously, like with the Y2K bug, there are some things that won't get patched. And there are some things that will never be able to be patched. For instance, since it is a 64-bit integer, 32-bit mm -hmm. systems cannot ca calculate it. So, sure. so all those XP machines laying around. Yeah, all those XP trouble. machines running around, that sort of thing. Anything where it's being hard-coded <laughs> in into, say, like a microprocessor where it's not easily updatable, right. that sort of stuff. The hope right now for the overall solution is that the industry as a whole takes up using 64-bit integers and everything new coming out uses that right because we'll hopefully that, yeah. 16 years from now most of that stuff that's affected won't be in use there will be some things obviously like uh currently what sure. most uh yeah. flight systems for keeping track of planes um <laughs> run on on mainframes that were built in the 60s and they've just uh -huh. added more they and sure more are. stuff outside them so they'll have to find more unique uh -huh. ways to get around that. Like, Well, I mean, they've already got layers of things to be able to make the dates work for those systems to begin with. So just add another one. Exactly. They'll just they'll just add another computer there that, you know, converts the new time format into the old one and everything will will work like it was before. But, you know, some random stuff will stop yep. working in 2036 or 2038, depending on what system it's using. And it's going to be very interesting. It's just going to be interesting to see how people react to what is failing. But I think hopefully this time we have a far enough out time stamp to be able to understand, like, okay, if you are a programmer who is looking at working yep. in the system, you need to also make sure that this is something you're thinking about. Yeah, if grandma's still using that XP machine that she's refused to update, you know, for you right now, if she's still using that in 16 years, you're going to have a hell of an IT nightmare. But other than yeah. that, hopefully everybody just accounts for it and it ends up never being an issue. I remember it was a year or two ago, like blinking and looking around and being like, huh. Where did all the 32-bit computers go? Yep. So hopefully it shouldn't be too much of an yeah, issue. Yeah, and most of those machines are pretty easily updatable now with the age of the internet. So it's really going right. to be devices that have been abandoned, you know, that they're no longer receiving updates or things that have been yeah. become so obsolete that nobody's willing to give it an update. Um, I And I would yeah. imagine things like uh, the coin yeah. sale system and some... Weird Some small shop in India is not going to be able yeah. to use their point of sales anymore. Yeah. But... Um, things like the biggest impact that it was looking at is there's a lot of really low cost uh, Internet of Things devices out on the market right now. A, a lot of those. Oh, no. My light bulb won't work. Yeah. A lot of those will never receive updates. They may just stop working. Your, your mm. $20 smart bulb you bought on like... Amazon might not work in 2030 i mean that that's a problem but it's not a huge one true you can live without your 20 yeah. led yeah all of like, the major things though um like currently today it is an issue if you set your time clock to pass that date it will actually on some say like cell phones if you put it past january 1st 2038 the phone will crash and shut down and not reboot um it, it gets into a yeah, I won't be um, testing that one. <laughs> but they're they're actively working on it, and a lot of things have mitigated it. So you know, as long as you're running current, up to date, okay. and secure software and hardware, it won't be an issue for you in 2038. So keep those updates coming. This is why we tell you to update. Yeah. 
people. Things like this come along and you absolutely have to stay up to date. A computer will just crash yeah. and not work anymore. Uh, us IT people are really confusing to people, I think, though. Because we tell people, make sure you do your updates. But at the same time, we always talk about how we turn off our updates because Microsoft is messing something up. So I can only imagine how like cryptic it is. It's like, well, do I update yeah. or do I not? Um, the, I would say the safest thing most of the time is to update. You know, uh, uh-huh. for specific situations, sometimes an update might not be particularly useful for your work environment you know for specific software you're running or anything like that and at that point you do have it personnel who are able to help secure that for you and keep it not up to date but especially on your home systems i would say update whenever it's available there's there's a reason yeah although i hate it there's a reason that Windows 10 does not let you say no right yeah well situations like this Um, because if you if you don't then weird stuff like this happens you know um this bug has already affected some things out in the wild back in the early 2000s actually um some aol systems went down because people were trying to game the system by setting their time really far in the future to uh stop wait times and if you set it past 2038 it would crash the entire system Uh there's 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 a lot of little issues that occur in the background that nowadays in modern computing we never have to worry about because updates come so readily from pretty much everybody if you've got major hardware manufacturers. So it's something to be aware of, but probably won't affect directly. Yeah, we've got enough time. There's enough talk about it, even now in the year 2021. There's enough talk about it that a lot of people have fixed it already. So we're doing a better job of it than we did with Y2K. So. And this is the first I've actually heard of this, was looking this up today. So it's, uh, we're probably... Yeah, we, we should be okay. <laughs> it's an interesting topic to know about. And most people, 16 years from now, they won't even know it ever happened. So. so if this was a particularly interesting topic for you, and you would like to hear more about weird topics that hopefully won't actually affect you... <laughs> You can support us over on patreon.com forward slash service desk pod. You can also find us on Twitter at service desk pod. Pretty much all social media too. Well, a lot of social media, some social media. Facebook and Twitter. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like everything, right? There's also a Tumblr, but I mean. There, there is a Tumblr, it's Tumblr, you know. Wait, Tumblr yes. exists still? Barely. <laughs> and as always, um, you can rate and review us and share us with a friend. That's the best way. Yeah, it helps out the most. As always, I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And I'm Sam. And we are your tech friends. friends.